Hi everyone, it's Courtney. Today is November 29th, um, and I'm back at school preparing for finals and getting ready to close out the semester. But there's another week, so there's another podcast, and not that I mind, obviously. Um, but this week, we're going to be talking about a mother-daughter duo that both have incredible pieces and Donlin voices. And this mother-daughter duo consists of Cheryl Watching Crow Stedler and her daughter, Sarah She Paints Horses Stedler. Both of these individuals are members of the Nipmuc tribe. And we're going to start off with Cheryl Watching Crow Stedler. Um, and what I noticed about her pieces are they're super interesting and super relatable. And she has a piece called Never Too Late to Dance, and that is very easily my favorite piece I've read so far. So I'm going to read that to you now. At 22, I grew my hair, wiggled my toes in mud, stood in the rain, wore no makeup. I watched the sunset, and then I watched it rise. I let the dog have first pick at dinner. He chose the steak and left me the bones. I smiled. He smiled. At 22, I let the one within teach me. And now each day, we dance together down the red road. So in reading this piece, I really, really enjoyed it due to the idea of the relatability. And it not only relates to me personally, but it reminded me of my mom's story of her life. And what my mom dealt with is a lot. Like, I'm not going to get into it. That's more than you guys probably want to hear. But she struggled with a lot throughout her life. She was very forced into things she didn't want to do. And almost was guarded and wore a mask most of her life. But after she made some huge decisions, she was quote-unquote free. And she made decisions for herself. She grew her hair long. She got a tattoo. She got us a dog. She was free to do what she wanted whenever she wanted. And she was so happy. And even though it was much later in her life, she knew that it wasn't too late to start over. And it wasn't too late to discover herself. And I found that this piece can really relate to anyone who realizes that they have the ability to be themselves and be free and continue discovering themselves. And a big focus seems to be that although there are people in your life that can help you, that can teach you about yourself at the end of the day, you're the only one that can do anything about that knowledge. You're the only one that can decide how you continue your journey and this piece is so deep and has so many more hidden meetings as to what someone may interpret it as and in class on Monday actually one of my classmates brought to my attention that it seemed to give a sense of innocence as though she's going back in time and looking at herself as a child Whereas I interpret it, as I mentioned, a little later in life, or once she feels like she's free from things that are dragging her down and controlling her from doing what she wants to do, from being free. 
And that's one of the main reasons I really, really enjoy this piece. Another one of her pieces that I really, really enjoy was titled Full Circle. And that goes as follows. I draw the line between need and greed. Sort the dilemmas of heart. I test the waters, bury remains, dodge the poison dart. How did my feet come to life on such a cluttered path? No crossroads warned of treacherous tales or impending bitter wrath. I look to the sun to find my way, to the moon and winged friends. They trace the circle I've come to know will bring me home again. With quiet heart, I dance this path. Hear the strong and steady drum. Certain that soon, when Manitou wills, full circle, I'll have come. This piece has a very similar vibe to the first one. But I took this piece more literally, where it reminded me of how all things in life happen for a reason. And they come full circle in the end. And I know, like I said, it sounds very literal and it sounds as if I'm reading too far into the idea of a full circle. But I'm a firm believer in the idea that everything happens for a reason. And it's easy to say, oh, everything happens for a reason when things are going well. But it's not as easy when things aren't going well. When things like that happen, the best thing to do is just look up. And Cheryl watching Crow Stedler mentioned in the stanza where she says, I look to the sun to find my way, to the moon and winged friends. They trace the circle I've come to know will bring me home again. And I feel that that's something we can all use in our lives. Just always look up. You can get lower than low, but if you continue to look up, you can continue to find that light. You can find a sense of reasoning for moving forward. And it's almost motivational. It's a way to get someone to realize that their life is, as she says, a full circle. Once you go out and you learn about yourself and you learn about the world... You'll realize you have all you need and you can come full circle and accept yourself. And it's so much easier said than done to accept yourself and accept your faults, but also accept your positive attributes. And I know this is, I guess it might be kind of off topic, but to me, that's what this piece is speaking on. And I know... Like I said, everyone has a different point of view when it comes to things like this. But the point of these podcasts is to explain my point of view. So that's what I think. I know I got really deep there when I was talking about just looking up and keeping your head up and finding your path. And I apologize if it's a little too deep for you. But I feel that it's something that Cheryl Watching Crow Stedler made a point to explain, which is why I feel I enjoy these pieces so much. And she really allows us to take a look at ourselves and find that freedom 
or find our reasons to why things happen. And she almost sets her pieces up as a sense of self-reflection. And that's why I really, really loved reading her pieces. And since reading these pieces on Monday for the first time, I found myself going back and looking at them at least three times. Today is Thursday. So I feel like that's it. What's it called? A good sign in itself. Because I'm not one for literature. I'm not one for poetry, even though I've sat here for a couple weeks now and talked to you about literature and stuff like that. But if I'm being completely honest, this class is the first English class I've had since high school. And I never was a book reader. I never would go out of my way to read poetry. But these pieces, I found myself looking for them the past couple days just to get me through the day. And I think that in itself is great, especially for people that are like me that aren't big on literature. And I feel like that's where her daughter, who we're going to speak about next, got her motivation to write and her motivation to enter this world that her mother is in. So I mentioned very early on that we were going to be talking about Cheryl watching Crow Stedler's daughter, whose name is Sarah. She paints horses Stedler. And her pieces in themselves are quite motivational. Um, the pieces that are in Dolan Voices are actually pieces that she wrote from the fifth grade, which is absolutely remarkable because her pieces are primarily based on her learning of her people and what she's learned about her culture. And I'll read you the first piece and you're going to just be like, wow, that's a fifth grader that wrote that? That's incredible. So the first piece is called Freshwater People and it goes as follows. Nickmuck is what I am. Interesting to other people. Powwows almost every month means fresh water people. Unknown to most of the world, care for all the creatures. Kind to Mother Earth, shares knowledge. Now, when I read that, did you keep in mind that it was written by a fifth grader? Yeah, that's absolutely nuts but the fact that she has such an understanding about her people about each aspect of her culture is absolutely astounding to me and personally I don't know that much about my background and I didn't know that much about it in fifth grade I'm a senior in college and I can genuinely sit here and say that I do not know as much as my about my culture as I should. Like, yes, I know where I come from and my nationalities, but I don't know what contributes to my traditions and my cultures and stuff like that. But yet someone who was born in 1997, the same year I was born, can look back at her pieces and know that she understood what was taught about her background, about her um, culture, about her traditions, and about what it means to be a nip monk. And I think that's absolutely incredible. 
So overall, this mother-daughter duo was really inspirational to me. And the fact that Sarah, she paints horses, Stetler, could learn as much as she did from her mother to the point where she was writing pieces that got published when she was in the fifth grade. And I can only imagine what she's writing now. She wrote these kinds of pieces in fifth grade. But it just shows that that bond and that familial importance is prominent in their culture and that it's prominent through many cultures and it's another way that this can be relatable and it's another way that as readers we can connect to these writers because of the fact that they exude all these relatable characteristics and these relatable poems and you find yourself looking back and looking at these pieces and you're like you're trying to connect to different stories to the pieces so it makes it easier to read because as I mentioned I'm not a literature person so when I read I have to connect it to something in order to continue reading or else I don't really get a very good understanding of it and I find that these pieces were very easy to connect to and very easy to put my own personal stories with and I know that it isn't always easy to connect things to it and it isn't always easy reading pieces that don't have a relatable aspect to them but that's not the case with either our author's pieces but I think these two are my favorite poets that we've read in Donlin Voices and What's kind of sad is that they're almost lost in translation, not in translation, but in this book itself, because they are so far into the book, and I would have never gone out of my way to look further into the book unless it was brought to my attention, and because it was brought to my attention, that's why I'm sitting here talking to you about them today. Um... But we have one more podcast together, guys. And maybe two. We'll see how I feel. But I know that... um, What's it called? I know that I have a couple viewers because it says it on the homepage. But anyway, moving on. Thank you guys for listening and coming back again this week. Um... And listening to my interpretations of the mother-daughter duo of Carol watching Crow Stedler and um, Sarah, she paints horses Stedler. And I hope next week I can have a more interesting podcast that you can sit through and listen to me talk and talk and talk and talk. Because I feel like that's all I do. Um, so yeah, that's what this week brought we'll see what next week brings thanks for listening and i'll be back next week with another riveting podcast on a poet of my choosing all right have a good week